Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Welcome to episode 524 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing tonight, Joe? You know, we don't do the uh, Lamborghini, as you say, shtick on After Dark. Right. You told well, them. We don't, you t- we don't do like a lot of the plugs and stuff on After Dark either. Right. I think that's part of the reason why, you know, After Dark is kind of the more freewheeling, fun-loving show where this is the serious getting down to business show right this is the structured show the other one is the meandering uh train of thought show was it after we recorded the patreon this week that you were lamenting about how much i do podcasts i think it was on an after dark where you do like 800 of them Mm. like because i was joking like to get to legacy number of a thousand like you could, we're at 524 right now. We have like, you have 400 and some, you know, uh, other appearances. And my, I would have to use my two to make up those appearances to get us to a thousand. <laughs> That's what I was saying. It was like, and then we hit, it was like, oh, g- good for you, Todd. It's like putting my homework up on the refrigerator. You did those two shows and got us to a thousand. I know I, uh, I, I got. I recorded one this week that'll be coming out sometime next. And then I'm recording the big one next week. I'm very excited about that. Uh, not to say that I wasn't record uh, excited about the one this week, Todd, right up your alley, uh, five-star match game where we narrow down, uh, 12 very specific world championship wrestling events from 1989 to 2000. Oh, and just for the record, you notice I didn't bring up wrestling this time. Right. Well, that's the other shows that I'm on. You know, you don't right. go on any other shows. I'm just saying. Uh, DJ from Wednesday Night Wars will go on like horror movie stuff, and I go on my wrestling shows. I was supposed to go to Wings on Wings, but right. that didn't happen because they shut down. You can't be cooking wings with your friend in these troubling times, Joe. Well, I know they had teased uh, every once in a while whoever runs that account will log back in and like retweet something or something. You know, whatever it is. Say it's one of the cast members' birthdays or something. Something like that. I don't know. They still should be keeping a little bit more active. They need to go to my social media uh, symposium. Right, right. When Get a diploma. A lot of people do. No, you don't get a diploma. You just get my seal of approval, and that's better than any blue check mark that you could possibly get. Ah, yes. The Joe Sposto seal of approval. Did I tell you years ago, back when I was still Leonard F. Chikaris, and I tried to get the blue check mark, and they turned me down? Yes, you actually did it on one of our shows. You you wrote it in, like you filled out the form while we were on recording. Sometimes it's tough to remember the stuff that we've done. You know, it's been a long time. We're oh, yeah. we're closing in on I you know whatever the numbers are. I know this is five twenty four, but uh, I think this is closing in on nine years straight. Very soon that we've been doing an iteration of this podcast where it's just you and I. Oh, my God. I may have to retire after a a solid decade, Joe. I may have to give up the captain's chair here to somebody else. Well, before you do, Todd, what are we talking about this week? Uh, In the news, we have more TV news. Shocking, Joe. Um, An update on the great comic caper. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What? 
<laughs> and also um, what books are getting delayed, Joe's favorite segment of the show. Um, free digital books and sales, what we read last week, which turns out to be Batman 100 and Snake Eyes Dead Game number two. Um, what we're looking forward to this week, uh, Todd's Art Attack in there, and also spoiler-filled talk of the season finale of Du Bois, Joe. Oh, boy. Spoiler, spoiler-filled. Yep. And we'll get into that when we get into that. But let's uh, let's start with a follow-up from a story from last week. We had discussed about the Diamond UK warehouse that was broken into. Right. And we sat here and we postulated what could have been stolen, what was stolen, what we would steal if we would ever do something like this. <laughs> right. And apparently the primary items that were stolen were a specific previews exclusive Iron Man Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of the Hasbro Black Series Star Wars figures. That's right. And the way you'll know whether it's a true Funko figure or not is this one will not have the stickers on them, Joe. They didn't get the stickers yet on the outside. Oh, boy. That they're exclusives. I've seen those uh, Star Wars Black Series figures out and about. I actually went to a Target this past week for the first time in seven months. Right. And I saw some of those Star Wars black figures, like, up close and personal. They're lo- they're nice-looking figures. If I, yep. you know, if I collected toys still, you know, Star Wars toys, I'd get those. Right. Target has, an, had, had, let me say, had an exclusive NECA foot soldier and Casey Jones figure from the cartoon in the, in the 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like perfect. And they were limited to like target and like, of course, you know, you can't find them and they're like a bajillion dollars on eBay now. So I, I won't use the short version when I go figure hunting, Joe. Um, I, I try to look for that, but I haven't found one yet. You, um, I think, and again, uh, this is from my toy boy podcast that I listen to. Mm-hmm. I think you could still pre-order the current Casey Jones. I tried. I was just on the Target website like last night. They said they had gotten more in and you were able to have them delivered to your store or your house. And none of it's working. So, No, no. I think there's a Casey Jones that you could uh, get right through NECA's website, like for the next series. Okay. I'll have to look that up. I didn't see it. No, like I said, the Toy Boys were talking about it today. Okay. Um... I don't know. I don't know if you know this. I'm a Casey Jones fan, Joe. Right, right. That's why I mention it. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to look into that. Or if you like, if you know what it is and you find a link, send it to me. Yes, I will. That's what uh, I like. Just as a side note, at Target, they had the Star Wars ones. Or not Star Wars. Um, Ghostbuster ones, and they did not have it at target because it's a somewhere else exclusive right but with the ghostbuster figures there's the frazzled lewis tully that comes with one of the demon dogs oh does it have a scary new yorker that punches him in the face too (laughs) no that's 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 a send away figure joke yes but that's that's interesting that they had a uh, Funko Pop exclusive, but they didn't put the stickers on them until later. 
Right, when they get sent out, I bet. Which I'm interesting. Now it makes me wonder, like, if that was what they, these thieves were after. Mm. It was like like these these you know Star Wars figures and the Funko, or if like they were like, oh, these are things that I I, I understand, and they go for a pretty penny in stores. With the comics, I have no idea like what's a variant cover or whatever. But like what what their plan was all along, you know what I mean? Whether this is well thought out and we're going for the Funkos, or the Funkos are just opportunity, you know? I definitely think it's an opportunity. Well, the Funkos definitely are an opportunity. So, so also in the news, TV. Well, you know what? Before we get into the TV stuff, um, so the World of Comics is coming back. So that means as the comics are coming back, late books are coming back. Mm-hmm. Or they're continuing to be late, I guess. Right. Um, the Keanu Reeves Boom Studios book, which I didn't know was originally Kickstartered at first. Yeah, I have no idea on that. Right. Um, and they claim that they're moving it from December to February so that it'll give them more time to get all the issues out without right. space in between the single issues. And okay, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. Um, the Batman's Grave by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch, which was a perennial late book before the pandemic and is back on track to being a late book. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but most notably, Todd, mm-hmm. as we were sharing news and notes over the weekend... <laughs> I know you're as surprised as I am, but the final issue of the J.J. Abrams' son Spider-Man book uh, has been delayed to the end of November. Still going to be out before the end of the year. You think so? This will be the last delay, right? I don't know if it'll be the last delay, but it'll. they want to close the quarter out huge, Joe. Huge. So they're demanding that son of J.J. Abrams' Spider-Man book be out before. 2021. Okay. That's my take. I don't think that's, I think, I think it's going to be close, but I don't think it'll see, uh, you know, not putting any money on it. Of course, I'm not getting snake bit again. (laughs) Right. Um, but yeah, that ain't coming out in 2020. That's why I didn't even offer because I know you're you're trying to get off the gambling train. I, I know yeah. how you are. You know, sometimes you just don't have it. Like people like me, you know. Right. So. So um, TV stuff. They announced um, that HBO Max, since there is no DC Universe streaming service, uh, they are going to be doing a live action Green Lantern TV show. Yes. Um, which is going to be written by one of the, you know, and I'll say this. Um, so it's someone who wrote the Lego Batman movie, which was fine. And, uh, crazy Mark Guggenheim. Right. Who, uh, did the, uh, Green Lantern movie, which doesn't fill me with hope. Right. But, you know, I, well, hopefully they'll bring in the old double R and do the real vision that they were trying to do before, uh, you know, the, the, the studio mess with it. No. No? No. That being okay. said, it's a Green Lantern TV show. I'm sure I will certainly check it out. I will, especially if they do the one true Green Lantern, man. They put Guy in there? Definitely. Well, one could only hope that um, 
we're all going to be okay with it kind of being low budget ish. Mm hmm. Because they could do a lot with special effects. They just can't do a lot good. Right. And I think they're going to take a lot from the Venditti Four Horse, uh, Four Corpsmen, right. Four Corpsmen uh, group. And I think that's what it's, it's going to be Guy, Hal, John, and Guy, and Kyle. That's going to be them. And like, I just steal those stories straight from the, the book and you'll be fine. Uh, you know what? And that's the thing. There's no problem with using them as a framework. I could see them putting a lot of your big name folks um, in there. Like you said, the big four, but also your Kilowogs, your Sinestros, your people like that. Right. Though who's going to fill in Charlie Callis's shoes? I don't know. Is Charlie Callis alive? No, Charlie Callis passed away. And when he did, the role of Sinestro went with him. Uh, no, I think Mark Strong did all right. It just, you know, he was in a bad movie. He was. He was the best part of a bad movie. Yes. But he was no. He was no Charlie Callis. I was no. Say. So the other thing that got an official, I guess, announcement. I think it was something that we kind of knew was coming. Right. We didn't know when it was coming. There had been a lot of talk of like voice casting and voice talent that was going to be involved with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as part of whatever New York Comic Con was supposed to be the metaverse thing, mm-hmm. uh, they Amazon uh, Prime put out a trailer for the Robert Kirkman based uh, Invincible animated series. Right. And didn't they say like what? Uh, issues it would cover too Which I thought was interesting Right so uh, they said it's coming in 2021 No definitive date of course um, You know It's a very star studded Voice cast in there uh, But they specifically said That the first series however many episodes It's going to be is going to be the first 13 issues of the Series which I find interesting because you never hear anybody say that about comic book adaptations. Uh-huh. Like, this is, the, the def- like, definitely this part of, like, whatever. Like, yeah, they'll give it a name. Like, oh, like, maybe they'll be like, we're doing the Seasons of Mist. Or even with uh, the Walking Dead TV shows, it was, like, this storyline. But to just tell you, like, straight up, we're doing these these issues right here makes me feel that they're going to stay really close to the book. Because that doesn't seem like they want to veer too much. Yes. Uh, So, you know, and they said that, you know, however you slice it, because they did like weird stuff with the collections early on. Like sometimes there'd be like four issues. Sometimes it'd be like, you know, five issues or whatever it is. Uh, But those first 13 issues is the first hardcover. It's like Mm -hmm. the easiest way to say it's like if you want the series, you get the first hardcover and that's your first 13 issues. Right. And I haven't read it in a while, of course, those earlier issues, but I do recall, obviously, there being, like, big story beats that happen. Okay. And specifically with the biggest of those being in issue 13. So it makes sense that there's your... Cliffhanger? Yeah. Well, uh, let's say reveal, let's say thing that happens that kind of changes the series, if you will. Right, right. And I think because of how successful Walking Dead is and was, Invincible kind of gets the short shrift. I think it's just as good as an ever, like a book that was constantly changing as the book continued. I think it made it to like issue 100. I will have to take your word on this because I never read an issue of Invincible. Right. And that's what I'm kind of trying to tiptoe around what happens in it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and it's one of those things where it's not the same reveal as my favorite reveal in comics of all time uh, from Thunderbolts number one. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that it's going to grab a lot of people. No, I get you. And that might be one of them. I'm not going to say anything because people will want to watch it. But I have an idea of what it is just from us talking over the years. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I'm not 100% sure. But uh, I think I know what it is. And if it is what I think it is, then it's it's big. So Right. So again, more TV stuff, less comic books coming out, and uh, more items stolen from warehouses. That's <laughs> what the new segment uh, has become. Right. I thought it would have been a bigger segment after uh, Metaverse, but nope. Yeah, not a ton came out of that, you know? I guess they're just, you know, in neutral till things pick up, you know, in the yeah. with, with stuff. Uh, obviously, no conventions this weekend. I would say the Metaverse thing was an anomaly. Right. Um, you know, but the metaverse thing has me at least checking for conventions before, uh, I send out the show notes. Um, of course you could check out, um, with the show post and every post that goes up with every episode of the show. Uh, if you need comics sent to you and there's no good mail order services that you found, our local retailer, Comics on the Green, does a very good and brisk business of sending comic books to you on very reasonable plans on your time, when you want them, how you want them, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, however. Uh, link to the Facebook page. That's where he does a lot of his social media advertising for what he does. Uh, definitely check him out there. Also check out Friend of the Show, is Becky. Uh, her Instagram has a lot of the original art that she does and teases for stuff that she may or may not be doing in the coming uh, weeks and months. Her social media, I think, which is also linked up on her Twitter, she's putting up her daily costumes from Animal Crossing, which only <laughs> appeals to, like, maybe me. A few people enjoy it, but I, I don't know. Kick, I get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of seeing what costumes they are, but I don't get the Animal Crossing thing, if that makes mm. any sense. It's like, oh, cool, I understand that's so-and-so from Mean Girls, but I don't understand the game, So, but I'll just roll with it. Right, and I don't usually mention a lot of the other things, of course, that are in those show notes. Um, you know, uh, Chris Runt, longtime listener of the show, uh, he kickstarted a first issue of his original comic, Battle Monsters. Uh, link to that is up on uh, Comixology. You can get that there. Uh, another longtime listener of the show, Jason Sandberg, has his book, Jupiter, which is also up on Comixology. The links to that uh, is in there. And Rick Williams, who does a lot of very unique resin work. Uh, a lot of it is wrestling related, so I will give you the heads up there. Uh, but he does a lot of like really cool stuff like that. Uh, horror stuff, wrestling stuff. Uh, but these are all you know, friends of the show who do other creative outlets and the stuff that we kind of talk about. And I always like to include them in the show notes, but sometimes I don't mention them, that they're there in the show notes. And I haven't mentioned some of them for a while. So here we are mentioning them now. Good for you. Uh, also, uh, do not forget about soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com. Uh, any of the shows in the network, friends of the shows or friends of the network, etc. Um, like-minded individuals putting out podcasts check them out you're not going to find like a link on your podcatcher 
for a network. But if you go to soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, it's better than a podcatcher because anytime Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, at odds with wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, or any of those people on those shows appear on other shows, those will also appear on soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Ain't no podcatcher that does that. And if there is, I don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Ain't no podcatcher like a soon to be named network podcatcher. Right. And I'll say, I, if you want, I can also send you my text file of all the uh, RSS feeds that I use for my own podcast and needs. Right. Uh, bunch and bunch a bunch. I don't know who flipped the switch over at Comixology, but there was a ton of sales going on. I think it's uh, all the spooky sales and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel has no less than three sales going on. Uh, Thor, God of Thunder, Star Wars, and Annihilation stuff. If you can only spend money on one sale from Marvel, I say go Annihilation stuff. That's what got me interested in, in not only Marvel cosmic stuff, but cosmic stuff, period, for the first time ever. And if you want to see where the germ of any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Guardians of the Galaxy stuff came from, it's in there. That's right. That brought back the cosmic stuff after neglecting it for years at Marvel. Uh-huh. I would say... Oh boy, it would have been at least a good like at least ten years since there was any real heavy cosmic stuff before that stuff came up, right? Right. It was just like dribs and drabs. It was like, oh, we need to use these characters somewhere occasionally. Yeah, yeah. But like when they did that and it came back like try like I, being a Thanos like warlock Starlin, I was like, like this is this is the promised land right here. For sure. Uh, Dynamite sale on the boys is about to wrap up, just like the uh, season two of the television show. Uh, Dark Horse has sales on Gerard Way, who I think does Umbrella Academy, amongst other things, as well as their horror sale. Uh, Dynamite is having a sale on superhero-related stuff. Image is still having a sale on Top Cow-related stuff. IDW and Valiant are also having sales on horror-related things. DC getting cute this week, so I doff my John Cena cap to them. This week's sale is the Who Needs Superpowers sale. Right. So it's all your, you know, people who have whips and people who have guns and people who have arrows and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice mishmash, hodgepodge of things. And I'll also say this, because of that, there's a lot of um, Vertigo stuff included in the sale. Right. Um, I'm seeing like American vampires in there. I'm seeing scalped is in there. I'm seeing why the last man is in there. Um, a, a favorite of this show more so Todd, but definitely me. Uh, all-star Western is in there. You can get the entire run of the quote unquote new 52 era of all-star Western for under 36 bucks. That's one of the, that's one of the only good books to come out of the new 52. Uh, that's, you'll get no argument here. Uh, also Gotham Central included in this sale. Um, another fantastic book that you should, should certainly check out. Right. Which may be an HBO max TV show with the, uh, that we just said the way they're doing that thing, the prequel to the bat movie mm-hmm. that they're doing. Like, so I'm, I'm wondering if they're with them pushing this again, that they're going to take stories right from there. I hope they do because they've teased it so many times that they were gonna, and I just feel like they're never going to do a true-to-the-series Gotham Central adaptation. 
they're always going to monkey with it just enough to make people like me who are obsessed with that original series get mm-hmm. mad that the TV show isn't exactly how I've pictured it in my mind. I agree. I thought Gotham was going to be that way until they were like, ah, oh, we make more money with the the villain, so let's just screw with the timeline and have all the villains start when Batman was, you know, four years old. Right. You like, you like Batman, don't you? I do. <laughs> Is he in this? Yes. He's a little boy, and he's sad because his mom's and dad are dead. Right. And keep going with all the Bat villains. Do you like, the, do you like Poison Ivy? I do. With the control over the plants and the ambiguity with her sexuality. Is she in this show? Yes. But her name's Ivy Pepper and she's sad because her mom and dad are dead. Oh. Then she grows up really fast in season whatever and becomes all those things. Right. Oh, that's even more confusing. Yep. That's a Patton Oswald bit, if you didn't know. I'm just no, I know that. And it's the whole thing. A bit. I don't want to let <laughs> yeah, anyone don't... else know that I'm like, you know, I just want to make sure people know I'm stealing. Right. Isn't there a John Voight part of that, too? Uh, there's a John. Yes, there certainly is a John <laughs> Voight thing. You like ice cream, don't you? Yeah. Well, here's some cream and some rock salt. Oh, yes. That's how you get uh, soft serve, Joe. That's what I call it. Hey, one more thing <laughs> I want to mention. I don't know how long it lasts for, but I got a little pop up, uh, pun intended, on my Marvel Puzzle Quest, that they're having a deal where if you use the code, promo code, whatever, MPQ, like Marvel Puzzle Quest, MU, Marvel Unlimited, you can get a month free of Marvel Unlimited. Ooh. So if it's something that you've been wanting to try out, like you can sign up and get, like you sign up normally, you get seven days free, right? Mm -hmm. With this code, MPQMU, you get a month free to check it out. Sounds fun. Yep. Uh, I haven't done it yet just cause I'm going to, I'm going to wait to see like what the last day I could sign up for it is and then sign up for it. Makes me wonder if this was the thing I would have been getting you this weekend, this past weekend at New York comic con. Right. Like it was, they set it up for that weekend and they're like, ah, oh, just put it out for everybody. Yeah. You know? They had it like as a little code, like a little like promo card that you give out to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, but I'll, inc- I'll I'll include the link to it in the show notes, and if in between the time of us recording and the show going live, I find out like what it expires, I'll make sure to put that in there as well. Right. Um. So let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd. Uh, I'm going to guess that you're going to want to begin with Batman number 100. How did you guess? Um, written by James Tinian the Fourth, uh, art by Jorge Jimenez. Um, this is the climax to the the Joker war. Everything's been leading to this. Uh, Batman versus the Joker. Joker in the uh, new bat suit that was going to be uh, the suit of hope for Batman once he had made the new Gotham. But obviously the Joker has, you know, uh, sullied that. And in all this, he has the body of Alfred, who he's using the gas that brings people alive to to mock Bruce. And they end up having their battle to like, you know, to the end. Um, and then after that, it's a, a bunch of epilogues, like where uh punchline is going to be and, and, and other stuff. Um, I enjoyed this issue. I thought it was a bit of a letdown of the Joker war, because I feel that this book originally was leading to what five G was going to be. 
and they had a definitive answer. I think this was going to be the final battle between the Joker and Batman. And it doesn't end up being that spoiler because it will never be the final battle between the Joker and Batman. And it just felt soft at the end. Like the choice that they do to, to wrap things up between Joker and Batman and Harley shows up and everything. I'm like, this all just seems like really weird and like we had a different ending, like a more horrific ending that would lead in to the five G book. Um, I'm interested in those little epilogues that we see. Um, obviously, one of them goes into the punchline, you know, one shot special and all that. Uh, but I just, I honestly think after all the hype, the issue 100 falls falls kind of flat because I think they had other plans. But so I enjoyed the. Like, I guess the main story of it, right? Anytime that there's any sort of Batman-Joker battle, it always kind of gets a little bit too heady at the end. (laughs) Where, like, now all of a sudden the Joker is, like, super cognitive of everything that he's doing and does and so forth. Mm -hmm. Where this is when he reveals the method to his madness. Mm -hmm. And there's always kind of the deal where Batman makes the decision to let the Joker live because that's not Batman's way. Right. Um, and I also feel that there was a lot of other, so I enjoyed that stuff for what it was and what it was was something that we get at the end of every Batman and Joker battle, but I like Batman and Joker battles, right? You know, they're, right. they're good for what they are. I, I feel as though they've been happening a little bit more frequently than they should be. I'm a little bit more excited for the stuff that was set up in the special that came out the week before. Right. That makes any sense. Yeah. Which is, you know, obviously the Bane stuff, right? Right. And this, um, this issue, of course we get everything resolving with the rest of the bat family or so we're led to believe because it seems as though they're setting up something with, dick and then there's no real satisfying conclusion it's just like whatever was going on in the nightwing book which i'll admit i'm not reading it's fine now right he's no longer rick right right and then barbara gordon batgirl we get the tease of like her being back as oracle mm-hmm. but then was this supposed to be like a permanent change for her to be back as oracle full-time it's not really clear Right. And that's the teases I don't mind in a 100 because we'll see where that goes. It's more like this is the Batman Joker story. And the other thing that wraps up really quick and very like in a neat, tidy bow too easily is the whole Wayne fortune, like how that, like how, where that goes. And I'm like, that was an afterthought, man. That was just an afterthought. I don't know. That's just my feeling on the book. Um, I would have to agree with you. Um, it just felt as though what the the chaos that the Joker did was resolved and reset like too easily. Because spoilers, there's a part where Harley Quinn's in a coma, mm-hmm. or like she's like knocked out or whatever. Yep. And she's out for a week, and when she comes back as a week, it's like, well, everything's back to normal. Well, I don't, I wouldn't say it was back. No, it was like, cause he still sees like the, the fires, but he's like the, the Gotham has changed. And I think it was literally supposed to change. Like, cause they even say like, now it's time for the new Batman and like the change. And I'm like, 
He needs to change. I'm like, I don't know what you're, why he would need to change, why Gotham would look at him any different um, in this after the Joker War than when they would in No Man's Land or the Cataclysm or the million other things that, like, Batman, the city has gone to pot, like, 74 times over. And, like, no, this time was definitely different. I'm like, no different. Revolving door, man. So I don't know. Like, whatever he was trying, I just don't think it landed unless we're going to see in 101, 102, 103. But... I don't know. I just not a super solid 100 as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And I think what was promised and what was provided didn't kind of line up. Right. It was so good, you know? Oh, it was. It was. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe we built it up too much in our heads. I don't know. Because, you know, we talked about it before, but this run by Tinian was, you know, originally, at least as you mentioned, whether, it was supposed to lead into whatever 5G was going to be or, you know, that uh, Tinian was the stopgap between whoever the real writer on the book was. But what Tinian had pitched and did so well on the sales so early on, he ended up staying on the book longer and is on the book longer. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel as though there may have been some editorial meddling that kind of prevented us from having a little bit more satisfying of a conclusion here. I Yes, I think it was supposed to be a more permanent ending even though nothing is permanent in comics right i did like the scene with the the i did like the scene with the joker and the guy in the diner though i'll just say that that was a fun scene and i liked uh bruce going and confronting the clown hunter kid you know what just to 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 stay on that for a minute be uh, for a second there's a moment where like like Batman legitimately, like, you think, oh, here's another possible Robin, a broken kid. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And he's like, you know what? I have messed up Robins, like, four or five times in a row. Here's a card. Go get help. Like, like and, here's an actual professional, not me. Right. I'm not going to dress you up. You've already done that. I'm not going to put take you under my wing. No pun actually intended and do all this and i would that would be the most interesting thing but like no big two is ever going to do it where he has his storyline and batman actually saves this kid through help like the right way or at least tries to right and i would like to see him not become what everybody else has become, you know, like whether even, even a health, Barbara was a healthier version, you know what I mean? But like Jason Todd, Dick Grayson, uh, all of them, like down to, down to Damien, like they're all messed up. I'd like him to see, like, we legitimately got you help and you were able to walk away from this. If that's the route they're going down, I applaud James Tinian. Like I give him a standing ovation, but I want to see where it goes because it could also go off the rails too, Joe. It certainly could. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but again, I liked it. I'm still sticking around. I'm excited to see what, uh, you know, Tinian does with the book. Um, it was nice to have, and again, not that this was like some sort of like superhero focus thing, but a little bit more straightforward mm-hmm. of a Batman story without so many wrinkles and nuances and so forth. Right. And being extra heady and stuff like that. Right. Which is fine, but every now and then you need like that come down uh, Some, story arc, you know? Right. Sometimes you need Batman chasing, you know, a burglar. Mm-hmm. So the other book that we're going to discuss from this past week uh, would be 
Snake Eyes Dead game number two, uh, written by uh, uh, Rob Liefeld, art by Rob Liefeld, plotting by Chad Bowers. Uh, this is the continuation of the Snake Eyes something that the Rob is doing. Something. Uh, there is a red version of Snake Eyes that's out there who's also a wizard, maybe. Um, also in this issue, in trying to hunt that person down, Snake Eyes and Scarlet fight someone who kind of sort of looks like Calabac from the New Gods with serial numbers sh- shaved off. <laughs> right. Uh, some- sometimes his costume is fully complete in panels and sometimes it isn't. Then there's like a lady ninja who shows up who, depending on the dialogue, might be Snake Eyes' student or it might be his teacher or might be his sister. There's a lot of uh, espionage and trickery going on here. And then Storm Shadow shows up to help. And then uh, we're, we're revealed that I guess maybe uh, underneath his Snake Eyes costume, uh, Snake Eyes might be red as well. So, well, see, I thought, see, like, I don't know. I'm going to just, I'm going full out. So if I spoil anything, I'm sorry, people. Um, wasn't Snake Eyes captured and then at the end put in that red outfit? Uh, so it looked, because, so when we talk about him being in the red outfit, it looks as though, like, they tear his costume. And then underneath that costume is the red costume. I wasn't really sure on all that. So yeah. I guess that's his Superman costume underneath the Clark Kent one. I, Maybe. I don't know. The other thing. Okay. This is Todd time and I'm going to do a quick and get out. It once again, continuity between panels, non-existent. Um, go to that double page splash with Calabac with the serial numbers filed off. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on on with that. And that was discussed at uh, our local retailer shop today. Um, where I don't know, is he falling over? Is he what that, that looks like he almost went with a centerfold that you would look at sideways and then decided to change it. I can't figure out that shot to save my life. Second of all, Calback is apparently a ninja because he just sneaks up on, on snake eyes with, you know, with no trees around them. He's just, Oh, I'm just going to pop out of this bush, even though I'm bigger than a house. I'm like, okay. Then Snake Eyes is like, I'm going to take the fight away from Scarlet, not because I'm saving her, but because I don't want to see her. I want her to see what I'm going to do. And I'm like, well, can't she just, like, you guys are fighting each other. Can't she just run after you and see, like, is she just going to stand there and be like, oh, they went off into the bushes. Oh, they're still fighting, going away. Like, I don't know. This just is, one once again, here's a scene, and I'm ready to do the next scene. I don't know how I'm getting from that scene to this scene, but... Oh, here we are. I don't know. Ed Wood a comic, so you can say whatever you want about Snake Eyes 2, Dead Shame number two. So, you know, you, you heard my synopsis of this, and I'm looking at it now, and it's when he's battling the person who might be his sister or his student or his teacher. Again, there's a lot being given to us. During the battle, his costume becomes, like, ripped, and then it's either his skin is entirely bright red or he's wearing a red costume underneath his normal Snake Eyes costume. That's not 100% clear. Mm -hmm. But then for the final battle with the Red Wizard, they do put Snake Eyes in the full red costume. Right. Who apparently likes to have his tent right on the precipice of a large drop. Mm -hmm. 
Like, hey, let's walk out of my tent, Cliff, because that's always good for the middle of the night in case you got you get groggy and have to go to the bathroom. But anyway. Now, that being said, I like the first issue better than this. I thought the first issue did a little bit better to set things up. I think it was because there was more of the Joes in it mm-hmm. as opposed to just Snake Eyes. Because when you have Snake Eyes, who is an admittedly mute character, the story needs to be told either... Uh, by the other characters loudly like expounding dialogue, inner monologues of other characters that for all intents and purposes we shouldn't know, but it is a comic book and we do, which is fine, or the story needs to be told through the art itself. Moving <laughs> on. Right. Uh, now, again, I am behind on Rob's recaps. It was a busy weekend, and uh, I'm going to be robbed out, I think, uh, probably tomorrow. There'll be like I might just do it like as a double post so there's not like two of those images next to each other but we'll see i don't know i might spread it out i might not um but rob's recaps is not gone forever but this this issue felt more as though uh because like the first issue was building off the existing gi joe continuity whether you knew gi joe from just the toys or the original 80s marvels comics the cartoon or whatever the more recent comic books were Mm-hmm. That stuff was built off of what already existed. This new stuff with Snake Eyes, as far as I know, is wholly created by the Rob to kind of fit onto Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow's mysterious backstories. Right. And I think it's too many mysteries at once. What? Nobody know, Nobody tells a story like the Rob. Don't you dare. It's I... too many mysteries at once. Mm-hmm. Mystery is why I read this. That's the one I want to answer. So we have something to talk about on the show. Right. I think the Rob is the the respect that he deserves. Right. But this might be the last, the one that I read (laughs) of this, the series. Because I think my issue comes out in six to eight weeks. We'll cross that bridge then. Right. Because I think my review of one and two were pretty much the same. Yeah, I, I definitely liked them. I'm not saying that I hated this issue by any stretch of the imagination. I just felt as though uh, issue one was a little bit stronger. Right. A little bit more grounded in reality of my uh, mute ninjas who are also part of a military group or something. Right. All the things, the realistic stuff you like. So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them in hardcovers, whether you use the Marvel Unlimited code to catch up on six months ago, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned and be forearmed. All of the uh, books coming out this week, like I said, will be included in here, as are the books that Todd and I are getting as well. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd has two correct guesses lead over me. Let's see what we could do here. Yes, I'm looking at your list right now. And even though it is an Immortal Hulk week, is the book you're looking forward to most Rorschach number one? No, it's Immortal Hulk. Okay. I'm looking forward to Rorschach, but uh, nothing, you know, unless Saga surprisingly comes back tomorrow, nothing. It's tough to beat a Mortal Hulk. Right. Now, looking at your list, 
what is DC the Doomed and the Damned? That is one of those like horror anthologies, like um, almost like the Swamp Thing one, but not like holiday themed, where it's just like, hey, we're going to give a couple of writers a chance to do like an eight page horror story. Nine ninety nine deal. You know what I mean? Is Jonas Hex in this? He, as far as I know, he is not. I'm going to say the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Rorschach number one. It is Rorschach number one. There you go. With a uh, caveat on right, like 1A being that Flash uh, 763 for the new writing team. Yep. Yep. It was like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was kind of leaning on. Right. I was like, he's going to pick one or the other um, just just to see. But I have a feeling we may be talking about the Flash 70 or 70, 763 also. Okay. There's a possibility. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. Well, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together, uh, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Todd and Joe Have Issues. You can also check out our store where you can get shirts or pins or stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, If you want even more fancy things like cell phone cases and tablets and throw pillows and tapestries with not only our fancy logo, but fancy logos inspired by Longbox Heroes After Dark, Add Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, and all sorts of other things, you can head over to our Tee Public store, which is also in that same store link there. And I think this week, uh, starting on the day this comes out on Wednesday until the 17th, it's 35% off anything through Tee Public. So be sure to check that out if you were so inclined to get something from there. That's right. Fish math is is fastly approaching. That's right. Fish math season, and uh, one can only assume that more and more Long John Silvers around the world are going to be closing, hopefully to be replaced by Arthur Treacher's. One can only dream. Hush, hush puppies your mouth, Joe. <laughs> uh, you can also help us out and support us and get extra stuff. By signing up for our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month is going to get you not one but two bonus shows a month from us. One where we review the uh, film history of comics legend Mel Brooks. The other previewing the past. Where we look at this month, 30 years ago's previews catalog to see what the comic industry looked like at that time. At $5 and up a month. You're going to get those two shows two weeks before everyone else, and you're going to get After Dark about three days before everyone else. So there are benefits there uh, to going to the higher levels. But also you could help us out in another way that does not give uh, us anything extra, but it lets you make any and all of your Amazon purchases. uh, And, uh, you know, like we don't take like they don't charge anything extra. They don't like put like a weird like Longbox Hero sticker or pin on your thing. Right. But uh, you just do your normal Amazon shopping through our click through at the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com. They give us what's called an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Yep. Some of the notable purchases to the Amazon click through this past week include uh, From a Certain Point of View, another one of those Star Wars Kindle books. Uh, a hardcover book entitled Quidditch Through the Ages, an illustrated edition. I think that's Harry Potter related. That's a, you're a wizard Harry book. That's right. Something entitled Aces, 
by an artist, a recording artist, I would assume, called Susie Bogus. Right. Both of which I'm very unfamiliar with, but thank you very much for checking us out. Uh, or checking them out through us. And uh, somebody also purchased one of the bigger Funko Pops uh, based on the Fezzik character from The Princess Bride. Right. That's uh, Big Show's father, right? That's right. He had his shirt and he threw it at Hulkamaniac on the beach <sighs> one time. Right, right. And uh, Ogan was able to tell the shirt by looking at it crumbled up that it belonged to Andre the Giant. Good to know. <laughs> so thank you to anyone and everyone who has made a purchase through the Amazon click-through, either this week, last week, or any time within the last nine years. <laughs> yep. Nine-ish years. Yeah. Might be uh, slightly less. <laughs> Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did from Rebecca's art. Rebecca did this Akira piece, and uh, it's a very nice Akira piece. I'm. It's been a long time since I watched Akira. I want to say maybe 23 years since I last saw it, so it's not really you know uh, burned into my memory, but this is a, a nice piece, but I can't really say you know how close it is to the Akira stuff because, man, it's been a long time, Joe. But really nice piece. Absolutely. I love the line work. Um, the only character, again, I probably saw Akira for the last time uh, when you saw it as well, all those many, many moons ago. One of these days, we're going to have to revisit it. Was it last year or the year before where it was like an anniversary of it and they maybe did a re-release? I think it was last year or the year before. It was like the four, like the 40th or something like that. Something like that. And I, I pulled up the trailer when I was going to have my kid watch it. And uh, then, I, then I decided not to because he's a little bit of a chicken. Yeah, you can't have him watching Akira into snowshoes going at each other. Uh, but, well, you say that. So whenever I see or hear or think of Akira, uh, the only thing that comes up in my head and has for my entire life is Akira Tetsuo, your mom, you know all the names. That's a joke for one person. <laughs> I don't know if they're listening to the show, but Wait, if they are, not... they're probably smiling. Right. Are you saying it's not to snowshoes? No, it's not to snowshoes. Okay. I always thought that's what it was, but I know they used to yell their names at each other a lot. Yes. Uh, hey, another art attack was a uh, longtime listener, friend of the show. Uh, and again, he has a very unpronounceable uh, Twitter handle. Uh, Tolete, Tolute, DPU, I call him Dave, uh, but he picked up Steve Lieber uh, sketches, and uh, it was a bunch of stuff. Uh, instead of going superhero, uh, superior foes or the fix, he decided to go more white out and Superman, and that Superman piece is awesome. Yes, it is. I got to get a Lieberman a Lieber piece in my collection because uh, I need I need I need a boomerang or something like that. But someday. Yeah. But thank you for anyone sharing your art that you're doing, you're commissioning, you're getting, you're picking up virtually or whatever it is. I'm waiting for Todd to get whatever shipped to him that he uh, recently took out. Uh, had some folding money that he parted ways with. I have three pieces I'm waiting for right now. And none of them are by anybody with the initials KM. So thank goodness. That's all, you know, delivered in full. 
and now I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna ask about the uh, pigskin pickums. There's enough fighting and battling and claimings of first place on social media regarding that. I just know you're not in first place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not, and it makes me sad. But we'll come back. It's very confusing this week. So, um, like I said, as we're recording this, there's football being played. So, it's 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 interesting. We'll see. And I want to, I you know what I meant to ask this on After Dark, or I should have asked this on After Dark, but we're talking. It's in my head now, and it needs to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We we do a lot of ACDC talk over on uh, After Dark because Todd's a big ACDC fan. Mm-hmm. And I saw you bought some sort of $75 collector's thing for the new album. It's not $75. It was $48. Okay. And what it, makes that so special? It's in a box, obviously, like a thicker box. So it has the CD case in it. But then the box lights up uh, with the red... Uh, lightning bolt that you like so much which right. what was that that's what you wanted the album to be called and then when and when you when you push a button it could stay on and also i think if you push a button it plays the uh the first single off the album and it's like a collection edition a collector's edition i don't really have any of that stuff from uh like acdc over the years i got any of the special edition stuff i was like ah this is probably their last album I'll grab it. It'll be a nice nightlight on the on the uh, on the shelf in my room or something like that. So I picked right. it up. I'm just sad that there's no there are no titles, uh, uh, song titles on it that have the word rock in it, Joe. None. Blew my mind. It's a new ACDC. They've changed. They've grown as artists. Yeah, since Malcolm died, who who ran everything with an iron fist, they may they may open up their style just a little bit. I highly doubt it, but. So I think that's everything outside of discussion of the season finale of The Boys. Yes, I believe so. So before we get into that, um, we are going to give uh, a whirl to Hellstrom, which starts this Friday on Hulu. Right. And then in two weeks, The Mandalorian starts up on Disney+. Plus. Yes. So if you want to watch along, as we maybe talked about last week, um, Hellstrom is kind of an uh, un, untread road to both of us. Um, other than I'm a big Hellstrom fan from the Warren Ellis run. Okay. That's where, like, I like I don't know if it's like, I forget how many issues. They just put out a an omnibus not too long ago. I'm hoping they use that. Otherwise, I'm not a Hellstrom fan. But that, that, that Warren Ellis run was like off the hook. I uh, Leonardo Manco, I think, did the art. It was so good. It was the close one of the closest things Marvel will ever have done to a Vertigo book. So Todd has a little bit more knowledge of who this Hellstrom character is. Isn't he like he's a superhero, but he's like empowered with the powers of the devil? Yes, I believe he's literally Hellstrom's son, like a son of Satan kind of a deal. And then his sister's like obviously the daughter, but he's gone on to be like a good guy. I forget now because it's been a long time what 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 the sister's deal was. So we'll see. But and they could change anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, yeah, son of Satan was a was a hero. So we'll certainly see. Uh, like I said, I'm going into a little bit more blind than uh, Todd is. But uh, join us, won't you? Uh, we're giving you a couple days heads up to check out the Hellstrom show when that shows up on uh, Hulu later this week. And we'll be discussing it here. 
Uh, but right now, it's time to discuss the boys. Now, I'll say this, Todd, with as busy as we've been this weekend, and by we, I mean me and my family with my son's birthday parties, mm-hmm. I did not get a chance to watch the season finale with my wife. <gasps> oh, no. So I watched it by myself. Are you going to watch it again with her when she does yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Good, because good, now you, we won't probably won't cover it on the show, but I'm on a full rundown the next time I talk to you. Right. So a couple things about the the different viewing experience, of course. Um, you know, we watch it on our TV. We we live in the past. We don't have a smart TV. We use a th- Xbox 360 as like our media hub for stuff. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that a lot of the functionality that you can get with a more new next gen console for your Amazon Prime or if you just had like a smart TV or whatever it is. I'm not getting the full Amazon Prime experience because when I watched it on my PC while I was at work today, which is how <laughs> I should be spending my time at work, mm-hmm. um, there was like this like weird like little trivia thing that you could drop down, like all these like little skins and stuff. Was it like a pop-up video kind of a deal? So there's a pop-up video thing that comes up along the side that tells you who the actors and characters are in any specific scene that are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And then also there's like a little trivia thing about like the scene itself. Right. I can do that with my, on um, because I run, I can either run my Amazon prime viewing through my PlayStation four, but I have like, you know, the cable box that I has, has an option to sign in on the cable box. And that's already run HD into my TV. And if you do like, if you want to fast forward or rewind, uh, when you bring that part up, the at like the time that's left in the episode, um, it will bring up who's who are the actors in the scene, any music that's being played. So it's different, different things. You might just have to st- change the settings. You know what I mean? Or like because I think you can get rid of it too, kind of a deal. But it's probably there on your Xbox too, right. somewhere. Somewhere is the key. Right, but if you don't want it, then d- don't worry about it. Yeah, but it was just, it was like, I, I think when I watched it on my PC, it kind of defaulted to all that stuff turned on. Right. Uh, so that being said, because I was watching it by myself, I was actually able to take notes while I was watching it, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we left last episode with everyone's heads a-popping. Yep. And uh, obviously, uh, Stormfront and Homelander did not be phased by this, so one would think that they were certainly behind it, mm-hmm. uh, or at least had some sort of knowledge uh, behind it. And there is a part a little bit later on the episode where uh, Homelander assumes that it was uh, was it Ben Edgar who's in charge of uh, Vought was the one who did it somehow. Right, and he even accuses Stan Storm- Edgar. I said Ben, Stan Edgar. Stan, Stan Edgar, and he even asked Stormfront if she did it. Right, to, uh, she's trustworthy though, right? Well, you know. So based on what happened there, this gets uh, Compound V pushed through. They're about to go to have the bill passed to make it readily available. And obviously Vought's not going to try to stop this because that just means more money from for them. Mm-hmm. So now the boys, our heroes, are kind of over a barrel of what uh, they have at their disposal, of what they can actually do. And obviously we have everything that's going on where Stormfront and Homelander have uh, Ryan, 
as they took him away from Becca last episode. So now they're trying to do all this. And of course, like any good son who's been raised by his mother, and there's a lot of fathers and sons and mothers and daughters stuff throughout the entire season, especially in this episode, Ryan is starting to feel some remorse. And you could start to see um, Homelander not lose it, but not know how to deal with it. And Stormfront uh, gives him that speech of why they need to work together because of the white genocide. Right. Oh, boy. But are we going to touch on Homelander and Ryan now, or do you want to wait? Uh, you know what? We're, we'll, we'll do it however you want to. What okay. else? We can, we can come back to it. We'll put a pin in it. All right, because there's that's one of my most favorite scenes is him interacting with Ryan. So, right. So, uh, while trying to figure things out, um, the not Scientology folks say that they're going to allow the deep back into the seven because the deal that they cut, but not a train because I quote, one is redemption, two is weakness. Right. Uh, and, of course, A-Train overhears this. He gets upset and, through the Not Scientology group's files, gets to Huey and Starlight the uh, files on uh, Stormfront. Right. Her Every, all, age, her Nazi past, everything. All the dirty deals, yep. And they leak it to the news immediately to discredit Stormfront and then... You know, all the memes and everything about her, like her whole life comes back, like blows up in her face. Right. Everything that she was using to go against Homelander is now being used against her. And it's done. Like you, you can't come out as an actual Nazi and survive. You know what I mean? That well, onslaught. she says a little bit later on in the episode, you know, people agree with her and like what she has to say. They just don't like the word Nazi. Right. Hmm. And I don't know if that's exactly correct. Right. I just, you know. So yeah. Billy makes a, be a deal with Stan Edgar, calls him up, has his phone number, has him in his phone uh, in a very interesting way. And the deal essentially is, is like, I get Becca, you get Ryan. Mm -hmm. And then when they go to make their big play to get Ryan... Uh, Billy outright lies to Becca's face about what he's going to do. Right. And that, I was love, that was a crutching scene. Yep, I love, and this takes me back to, like, the scene where he's like, and, you know, I thank you for getting, like, helping me and getting Ryan back. And he goes, like, just promise me that, you know, you'll keep him safe and, you know, to get, we'll be together and everything. And he hugs her. And it always reminds me of a scene from, from the 12th Doctor where the, Claire asks him, why don't you like hugs? And he goes, because it's just another way to hide your face. Basically, like, when I, pro when I, when I lie to you, you won't see it. And mm -hmm. he basically, like, hugs her and tells her everything's going to be okay. And you can see the look on his face, like. He's hiding his face because he's so shame-filled that he's lying to Becca. And I'm like, yes, that was a tough, tough scene. So when this comes out about Stormfront, that's how they're able to separate her and Homelander. So their plan is to kind of do an attack on her. Um, and this is where, while the fight is going on, Stormfront is still at her most, let's say, like, I don't want to say social media, like, but her presence, um, savvy, where just in case ever anything is being recorded, 
she's just like saying like, oh, that information is fake and I'm not really a Nazi. And, you know, you doctored those pictures and so on and so forth, you know, just kind of throwing it out there, covering the bases. She's kayfabe, man. Right. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do get the, even though Kamiko earlier in the episode, Kamiko was a little worried that she was going to freeze up in front of Stormfront. Uh, but at one point where uh, Stormfront says, like, what is the truth, really? Kamiko, like, kind of breaks. And that's when she, like, gets her confidence up to be able to take down Stormfront. But even the combined might of Stormfront and Kamiko are not enough to take Stormfront down. That's until Starlight. We... Starlight. Starlight. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's when Queen Maeve shows up, who they had tried to get on board earlier in the episode. And she kind of told them to go pound sand. Uh, so there's the great line where they're all beating up Stormfront and Frenchie goes, wow, women really can do it all. Right. No, girls get it done. Oh, girls get it done. That's what it was. Which was the tagline for the girls get it done uh, campaign. Yep. Which was great. And I have to admit now we're at this point, you know, obviously Stormfront, you know, terror, a great, terrible character. You know what I mean? Like one of those like villains you can really hate. So that's great. Um, when she's fighting and I love the Kamiko like laugh moment where you're like, yeah, Kamiko's got this and then goes on and they, they obviously they get their butts kicked. But when, when, uh, uh, Maeve shows up and the music starts, uh, what was it? Uh, cherry bomb. And they just go at it. I'm like, this is one of my favorite fight scenes, like in a comic book show. It's just so good. I was like, this is, and they really, Put a curb stop on Stormfront, man. Just a great scene. So even still with that, Stormfront gets away because whatever has fallen apart, they, Stormfront and Homelander, know that Billy is the key to everything, right? Right. And at this point now, Billy has given up his thing that he was going to keep Ryan get rid of Ryan and keep Becca. And now he decides he can't do it. And he's going to run with Becky and, and, and Ryan. Right. Right. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure I, cause I'm confused. Like we're all over the place. Right. Well, I'm trying to go as narratively as possible without getting too deep, uh, into the Homelander stuff. No, I get you. I get you. So, uh, we get the part where, they all have guns trained on Storm uh, Stormfront. She has Stormfront has Becca pinned up against the tree, and she says that I'd like to see when the life goes out of them. Uh, maybe before that, she got stabbed in the eye. Yep, by Becca, which is a scene that I'm glad that I got a chance to see in advance, so I can give my wife the Iggy on. <laughs> right, because how does it go? Injuries to the eye. Right, it's a uh, baby ghost. Uh, eye trauma and everything else. Right. I thought it was ghosts, baby ghosts. Eye trauma. Oh, that's right. Ghosts, baby ghosts. Right. I think ghosts and baby ghosts are interchangeable in that number one and number two spot. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we see Ryan uses powers. But again, we don't really see him use his powers per se in that he, like his eyes go red there's a flash. Uh, Billy and Becca get knocked down, and Stormfront is like burnt to a crisp and missing her limbs. Right. 
And but I do like the fact that earlier on in the thing is Stormfront's trying to give uh during the white genocide speech uh that how to use his heat vision is like sometimes imagine something you hate and he doesn't really have hate in that moment the kid has full understanding of hate joe Complete. right because if you say you hate something you put a quarter in the swear jar right yes so at that point he hates stormfront and then uh pretty much puts the you know the the stomping on her with the heat vision so and I, like you said, she's all burnt up and missing limbs and blah, blah, blah. So I, we really don't see what happened. But in the friendly fire, it looks like he got Becca, too. So, Right. Uh, so, you know, Billy is yelling for help, but it's too late. She's a goner. And with her last wish, her last words, her last breath, if you will, she kind of tells Billy that it's now his responsibility to take care of Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a very interesting combination in those two. Right. But because uh, we'll wrap up with with Billy, like he ends up sending the kid to go off with uh, the head of the CIA. Yeah. So, so it's not like Billy's going to be raising him. No, no. But again, he's now like that's Billy's responsibility if something goes wrong. Right. OK, I see what you mean. OK, I thought you were implying that he's you know looking over him right now, but mm-hmm. I get you. Now, at this point, we really can't get into the very, very end of the episode without handling all the storm or the uh, Homelander stuff. That's what I figured. We'll do the Homelander and then go into how everything ends at it. You know what I mean? Uh Um, Which basically, uh, when Billy, you know, sets up the diversion, he goes to the cabin where Ryan is at. He goes in with with Becca, gets Ryan out of there, um, and... Uh, he, you know, and storm at Stormfront, uh, Homelander wants to know, you know, like he comes back to the, to the cabin because at this point, Billy's supposed to take Ryan to, uh, Edgar's people, but instead he leaves the, the tracker beacon or his phone or whatever in the thing. So the soldiers come to the cabin, they come in, they're like, butcher, butcher, you hear? And there's a great moment when Homelander walks through the door. He's like, did you say butcher? Where's my kid? And they all just train the guns on him. And there's a great moment where just Homelander just turns, locks the door. He's like, I'm going to ask again, where's my kid? And then it just goes badly for all those soldiers from there, Joe. Just terrible. Now, there is one thing that I want to mention previous uh, to that. You know, we kind of talked before about some of the stuff with uh, Homelander and Stormfront talking to Ryan about his powers and so forth. And him being scared to use his powers and Homelander trying to relate to him. Um, And even when he said it at the time, uh, he said that when he was young, oh, and he went out into the crowd when they went to like the, like the Vought restaurant or whatever. Right. Chucky Vought. Right. And all the people came and the kid wanted to get out of there and Homelander, you know, acted like a good father and got him out of there. And Homelander regales the story of like, when he was young, he went through whatever it was, and he even cried. And Ryan says, you cried? And he says, yeah, then uh, I'm a man now. I don't cry. Yep, that's a great scene. So when he says that, I thought, I'm like, oh, that's a good line. He's crying at the end of the episode, Todd. He's crying <laughs> yeah. at the end of the episode. Yep, Doing but something I just, else, too. Yep. But I just want to say, that whole thing with Ryan... 
All right, take away the, uh, the 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 masculinity where he's like, I don't cry anymore because I'm a man. But like in a terrible, terrible character, like we we can agree that Homelander has no redeeming qualities. That talk with Ryan is actually touching for the Homelander character because he can actually relate to what Ryan's going through. And there's a part of me like that's going like the only person who's going to understand all of this with Ryan is Homelander. And he could use someone like that to, to discuss things and talk, but Homelander is not that guy. But for a moment, Joe, an instant, a just small minuscule amount of time, it, Homer Homelander had a touching moment for me. And then, that all goes like uh, Homelander's coming back, like, you know, with a vengeance shortly after that. So it was very weird to, like I said, take a character that just you hate and have a moment go like, wow, that was kind of touching. I don't know if you, you know, if you had any of that either, or if you were just like dirtbag the whole time. Well, there was, there was a scene an episode or two ago uh, with Homelander and Ryan and kind of the way that maybe Stormfront was looking at them together. I thought to myself, I'm like, are they going to try to baby face Homelander? Right. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's going to be a tough hill to climb. You know what I mean? Because he is such an, like, despicable character. But right. you get those flashes, those glimpses that they're, that he wants to do some good. Mm -hmm. Very little good. Very self-serving good. But right. it's in there. And you also feel that he feels bad for the kid because of what he had to go through. You know, right. like there's, there's some empathy there as much as you want, you want to hate Homelander. He's like, yeah, I don't want this kid to feel as garbagey as I did. Right. So, so yes, he's a baby face now, Joe. No, I would never say that. Come on now. <laughs> yep. But so, uh, he, uh, he Homelander comes upon the remains, the still talking, still live remains of Stormfront. And he's ready to go. He sees Red. He's going to take everyone out and down and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Maeve shows up and shows the black box recording from season one, the plane ride. Um, And... Homelander's like, well, then that'll ruin you too. And she says, I don't care. As long as it takes you down, that's mm -hmm. all that matters at this point. And no one will love you ever again. Right. And that's the key. Oh, Joe, I just got goosebumps because there's that scene where he's looking at her and you could see the crazy in his eyes and you could just hear the chanting of Homelander by the, the masses in the background, even though there's nobody there. And I'm like, Oh boy, like you just hit him in the sweet spot, boy. Like that's his kryptonite. Great scene. As much as he is someone who claims not to want to be loved, he mm -hmm. needs to be loved. Mm -hmm. So now, at least to the public, everything's fine. Homelander holds a press conference, says that Stormfront was behind it all. They say that she's going to pay, but they also say that she's still alive, which I don't like the idea of her still being out there somewhere. I think she's going to, I, she's definitely still alive. And they showed her with regenerative, regenerative properties. You know, the uh -huh. words I'm trying to use. So I think she'll be back, but I think what they're going to use, she's now that everybody knows that she's a terrible person. She's a guinea pig. 
she's going to be tested on and abused and used. And she's going to be the key to, because she was the first of uh, do it like stabilizing compound V. That's my prediction for her. I just don't like the idea of her still being out there. They should I uh, like it. finished her off when they had the chance. I liked it. You know why? Because it was Ryan who did it and Kamiko didn't get her moment. She fought her, but she didn't get vengeance for her brother. Kamiko's got to come around and take her out. Gotcha. You know, they've been building that up. You can't take it away. So, uh, but, but then Homelander talks about how uh, Starlight was framed mm-hmm. and that she's been pardoned. <sighs> And that all the seven are all the bestest of friends of all the world. But now A-Train is back instead of the deep. Because with Stormfront out, they can have a black person in there. Right. And he ended up, they they find out that he was the one who gave them the files to bring down Stormfront. So, and that's when the deep turns on A-Train going, how dare you? That was wrong. And then the head of not Scientology goes... That was some great initiative. You're back in the seven, not you deep, because one is, you know, redemption, two is weakness. The deep loses his stuff, gets kicked out of Scientology, broken, you know, whatever, because he signed over all his stuff. So we don't even know where the deep is going with his wife, who doesn't do things very well, Joe. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my. (laughs) So we'll see what happens with the deep. I like that. So, yeah, the seven are all back together. Uh, Well, the six are back together. Black Noir is still in a coma. So we still need to fill the seven slot. So hopefully we'll get a new character next season. Right. Um, but as part of that press conference, in the middle of the press conference, as the as Homelander's up there feeding all that trash to the public, and they do <laughs> yeah. that close-up on his face, and then the focus of the eyes, and as they're slowly pulling in, his voice is getting quieter and quieter and quieter. And then you just get that scene where it's like maybe like five or seven seconds where it's just locked on a close-up of his eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was chilling. Yes, it was. Ooh, it was chilling. And uh, go ahead. I was going to say, so with that, the boys themselves are pardoned of mm-hmm. any of all crimes they may or may not have committed. And uh, they get the offer. To be part of whatever the CIA is setting up uh, to kind of keep an eye on the soups. And that Victoria Newman, who was the one who was out there kind of leading the rah-rah charge against Vought and against Compound V, she's in charge of that. And uh, Billy kind of, you know, rebuffs the offer, but doesn't exactly say yes, but doesn't exactly say no. Uh, Frenchie and Kamiko get their dance. Mother's Milk gets to go home to his family. And, uh... You know, Huey and Starlight kind of say they got a thing for each other, but they're going to kind of go their separate ways. Huey needs uh, his space from all the 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 rough and tumble antics of the boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when the senator calls the head of not Scientology to say it was you who leaked the files. Uh, I know they have a back and forth. Um, he says that they should join forces kind of a deal. And she's like, well, we'll see. He hangs up the phone. Oh no, they set up a meeting. They set up a lunch meeting. Yes. That they're going to join forces kind of a deal. And as he's opening his fresca, his head explodes, Joe. And we find out who's been doing the head explosions. It's been the Senator 
the whole time. The Victoria Newman person, the person who's been fighting against it all. Yes. Right. So whatever she's been doing, she's been doing to put herself in a place of power. And now she has it. And that was one of the biggest shocks to me, Joe. Oh, yeah. Like when the head exploded, I was like, what? What just happened? And then like they cut to her and her eyes do the power, like the thing that they kind of cloud over so you can tell she's using her powers. And I'm like, I had no clue. And that's the brilliance of the boys is, and any show that does this is when it's the last person you expect. And in that second, you're like, what? Oh my God. It all makes sense now. And she wasn't afraid at the hearing. She was doing it all. It It's great. It's, it's fantastic. And in the end, Huey takes her up on the offer to work for her. And I'm like, Oh, Huey, don't get your head exploded. Right, because he because he even says when he goes and like offers his serve his services to her, he goes, yeah, I want to want to help, but I want to do uh, a way of helping where I'm not having people explode around me all the time. Yep. Oh, uh, Huey's such a simpleton. I love him. That's right. So good. Uh, so I think all in all, we could say that this was a great season. The boys are a really good show. If you're listening it, this far and we've completely spoiled it for you and you didn't watch it, uh, I think you'll still get some enjoyment out of watching it. Yes. And one last thing, Joe. Ooh. The Homelander, even though he's been told what to do and put in his place by blackmailing with videos, he told the city he can do anything he wants, Joe. That's right. He, he was crying with one hand and something else with another. That's salute. about Salute. Yes. Salute. And they said that Kripke wanted to do that scene in the first season. And and Amazon was like, no, no. And I think that's his way of saying in season two, I can do anything I want, Amazon. Great interview with him on that. Now, uh, I was tipped off that they do like the after the boys. With Aisha Tyler, I think, yes. Oh, okay. Um, did you check those? You did check those out. Yes. No, No, I just know of them. Did you? Okay. I was unaware of them. I think, uh, my funky Amazon prime on my Xbox 360, uh, does not do a good job of telling me things like that exist. Right. Uh, but I will probably check those out. Uh, just to get a little bit more boys content in between now and then. Uh, I might have to check them out too. Um, because I don't like watching that stuff because like I did it with like uh walking dead and the talking dead stuff like that. They always like to, they do like to spoil stuff in there with like, they're like, Oh, and this and that. And I read the comic. So I kind of know where it's going. And then here's a scene from like the season finale in week two. And I'm like, man, just slow it down. Just talk about the episode we watch. Don't worry about the future. I know. Um, season two for, Stranger Things, mm-hmm. they did like something similar to, similar like that, but it was kind of like at the end of the season. Right, but they drop everything at once, so you're able to just yeah. watch the whole season and then do, you know, go and watch those specials afterwards. Right. So. All right, so I think that's everything, right? I think so, too. All right. So, like I said, everyone, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Uh, next week, this TV section will be talking about Hellstrom. Uh, maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll be horrible. We shall see. Uh, and we'll see it all together. Yes, sir. Uh, so, for Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening to episode 524 of Longbox Heroes. And we'll see you all here next week. 
Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.